This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we talk about how to be happier. This week, we'll talk about why it's worthwhile, at the very least, to be polite. And we'll explore the different types of gold stars that give people a feeling of recognition and reward. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, the five senses, human nature. I'm in my little home office in New York City, and joining me today from L.A. is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, you and I are in the same category, I believe, when it comes to what type of gold stars we crave. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And yes, Gretch, I think we are the words of affirmation gold star types. Oh, yeah. We will get into that. I like to hear it. <laughs> but first, an update. Yes, this comes from Erica. She says, in episode 464, I heard Liz say she or her parents got her son, Jack, an investing app. I have a teen and tween, and I've been looking for an investing app for them. Would you please share the name? So either Greenlight or Robinhood. Those are the two, Gretch, that I know about. We got Jack Greenlight, which is also a sort of a debit card. And then Robinhood, I know, is an easy way to invest. Okay, that's good. That's helpful. And then Michelle said, every year I love hearing what Liz and Gretchen choose for their one-word theme. My chosen word this year is habit, and I've come up with a way to keep this word present in front of mind throughout the year. I went to my local library website and did a search for books about habits. I reserved 12 habit-themed books that interested me. Then I assigned each a date to be released on the 15th of every month in 2024. This way, I'll have a steady stream of books to read related to my one-word theme throughout the year to keep myself focused on what I chose as my intention. This can be done with nearly any one-word theme. I hope others are able to use this tip. Well, that's a different 
different idea, Gretch. I thought this was a brilliant idea. One, it's it's using the library, which we love. Use the library. We love libraries. Also, it is a way to keep yourself learning and engaged and keep your your idea top of mind because for you and me, Elizabeth, it's always like, how do you just keep it in your mind that this yes. is what you're aiming for? But also in Better Than Before, I write about the 21 strategies of habit change. And one of the strategies is the strategy of other people. And this is the idea that we pick up habits from other people for good or for ill. And so putting yourself in the company of people who have the habit that you want, research shows, is very beneficial. So, And this can happen even sort of in your imagination. So if you want to run more, you might read Runner's World because then in your imagination, you're hanging out and talking to people and exchanging ideas with people who have the same values. Or like you could listen to a yoga podcast where people are talking about yoga because – and then, of course, you could just actually be with those people, which would be even better – but another way to do this is to read books about it because, again, you're, you're putting yourself in the company of people who are thinking about what you're interested in. There, there's ideas. It'll spark new possibilities. And, and so I think that this way of doing it consistently through the year, I mean, I didn't even know you could assign dates to be released like that. That's I very next level. I didn't either. Right. Yes, uh, that's good to know. I don't know if you do that through the library or she did it on her own calendar. Anyway, it's, it's ingenious. Yes. But anyway, I thought that this was something that is very simple. It's something I'd never heard about. And I think it could be extremely effective with a lot of different kinds of aims. Yes. So thank you, Michelle, for that idea. Excellent. So this week, our try this at home tip is to be polite. Now, Gretch, this sounds obvious. Uh, We were told forever to be polite, but it is so important. Okay. So here's the thing. I think that if you hear, okay, the try this at home is to be polite, that sounds so trivial. It sounds frivolous. In a world full of suffering and injustice and violence and despair and need, it sounds frivolous. But this is why I wanted to talk about this, try this at home. I had a dream the other night that just shook me. You know how sometimes you have a dream that is just like shakes you. And in my dream, it was something like I was on a bench or I was seated somewhere. I wasn't on the subway, but it was something like that. And Somebody said something to me, and I just snapped back. I just, I gave a very, like, escalating answer. I, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't cursing at them or something, but I just answered in a very, very impolite, angry way. And this person escalated back, and then I escalated. And then this thing just got huge, and it was scary, and it was just, and 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 I remember in my dream thinking, oh, my gosh, why didn't I just give a gentle answer? Like, I am at the root of this, because this person said one thing to me, and, like, it all just rose and rose and rose and got out of control. And, and, I, and I woke up and I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to recommit to just, just being polite. If I had just been polite, if I had given a polite answer. And in my dream, I, it, it right. was a dream about regret more than it was a dream about the actual interaction. Though, obviously, that's why I had all the regret and the guilt and the, and the, and the bad feeling. But, whoa, I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, and I have to say, Gretch, there are times in my life when I have not been polite, and I always regret yes. it, speaking of regret, and I'm never sorry that yes. I was polite. That's something Adam is great about being yes, really polite. I've noticed that about Adam. And I appreciate that in him. I will say I had an experience the other day where I had to cancel an order because I was sick, and I still had to pay for half of the order, which, of course, is annoying. Yeah. And But I was like, I'm going to be polite about this. This is their policy. It's not their fault that I'm sick, et cetera. 
And then I re-put the order through. This is like a food order. Yeah. And the woman said, oh, I felt so bad you're sick. I'm going to put in some extra treats for you in this order. Wow. So had I not been polite, I'm sure she would not have been so nice back to me. Okay. So I was like, ah, I was nice, and so she's nice back. Well, okay, so there's so much to say here. And and this is one of the things, and again, research shows this, is that we contribute to the environment that we are in. Like, we are not wholly responsible for it, of course. But sometimes, if one person can be polite, it helps others to be polite. If, if I give a mild answer, it helps others to give a mild answer. I mean, you see this in your own family, and you see this with strangers, is that when one person gets angry and defensive, somebody, it, it just, it's very, very hard yes. not to. And again, I don't, I don't want to minimize when people are like in terrible situations or when it's really, really unfair, but just, just kind of in the ordinary friction of life. Now, here's another example. I think this is why it might have been in my mind to give me the dream. Is okay, you know I was on jury duty. Yes. And one of the things that struck me about this jury duty was the atmosphere in the courtroom and and just in the whole process of it. Now, I want to say I was in the Southern District of New York. I, this was this is the best it gets, right? And again, yeah. I I, I want to say justice is something that we strive for and we never really achieve. And and there's so many times when it doesn't work. But I'm like, this is the system. I am right now participating in the system when it is working the way that we would all hope and dream and strive that it would. And what was so amazing was the deep respect and courtesy. We as jurors were treated with tr- just such courtesy. And they treated each others with courtesy. They referred to each others by their last name. So it was like, Jurors, will you please follow Mr. Cortez? He will show you where to be seated. And then when the judge came in, we all stood up. The defendant who was there was treated with very great deference. The lawyers, everybody was speaking to each other calmly. And then it created this atmosphere. Um, like all these jurors, nobody wants to be there. Nobody wants to be in a jury. Then it was a whole thing about were we going to get put on a grand jury? So people oh. were getting very anxious about that. Though in the end, a lot of people were like, huh, I would kind of like to do this. Anyway, that's a whole other story. But part of why I think that it was a really positive experience overall was that there was just this this courtesy. And again, you know, it's kind of a formal situation. And I thought, well, I really, I'm feeling like I just like this sheer politeness. And it's with these strangers. And again, I had been thinking about this and my dream. And then I had to get something notarized. And so I made an appointment online to go to this notary. And they sent me two confirmation emails badgering me not to miss this this appointment. I go to get the appointment. And the guy's like, oh, the the guy's sick today. You can't do it. And I said to him in a very angry way, I'm like, well, the thing is, you've been hounding me all day to come to the appointment. Yeah. Like, why didn't you just let me? And he said to me in a very gentle way, he's like, I know that's really frustrating, but, you know, we're just like the local franchise and all that happens with the central office and we don't have any control over mm. it. And then I immediately calmed down because that's another thing about being polite. I, I will often, truth be told, get very annoyed with people when and like sort of argue with them about things that obviously they have no control over. It's like, right. why are you arguing with the checkout person? They have no yes. control over how this system is set up. Yeah, And so just be polite. Well, and it keeps you calm. I mean, and that is the thing. When I'm polite yes. and I don't get the angry, yes. frustrated feeling yes. in the moment. So I both don't feel it in the moment, and then also don't regret later having been rude. Well, a thousand so percent. It's, it, it, it pays off in dividends. Well, and this is so important because what research shows is that we often think that we act because of the way we feel. So I'm acting angry because I'm feeling angry. 
But in fact, what research shows is that we often feel because of the way we act. And so when I'm acting angry and impolite, it's inflaming those feelings in me. And so if I can say, take a beat, be polite, give a respectful answer, treat others with courtesy, that's going to help me feel more courteous, more polite. It's funny, I see this at the Met. So I'm at the Met all the time and people like they, you know, they they do think they get too close to the art. Their children start to like put their hands all over some like Egyptian mausoleum. <laughs> I was in the garden court and somebody threw his coat over one of the stones and the guy was like, that's actually part of the exhibit. You can't put your coat there. I was like, that's right. kind of ambiguous. Is it a rock there or is it part of the exhibit? Right. Anyway. So some of the guards, like, they're all respectful, but some of them are very kind of sympathetic, kind of like, oh, I know you want to get so close to the art, but, you know, really, we would prefer that you back up. And then some are coming on in a kind of scolding way. And I've never seen somebody openly argue with a guard, but you can see that the way that the guard expresses Mm -hmm. his or her admonition colors the experience for the visitor. And it's interesting to see that. And maybe as an upholder, I never want to get scolded. So like a couple times I've gotten too close to something and it's like, ooh, I get so, you know, anxious. Yeah. So again, I don't want to I don't want to minimize times where it's not right to be polite. But I, right. I just want to tell myself, amp yeah. it up. Well, and Gretchen, I will say, I mean, beyond even being polite, I've made more of an effort lately just to be friendly. Oh, yeah. Which goes beyond oh, polite. Yeah. You know what I yes. mean? Where I'm actually yes. saying something. Yes. And, yes. and largely, again, because Adam is that way he with is. strangers. It, it works. Yeah. It really does improve your day. Yeah. Well, one of my secrets of adulthood, very apt for this, is if we can't be, because we should be loving. If we can't be loving, we can be kind. If we can't be kind, we can be courteous. If we can't be courteous, we can be quiet. <laughs> very true. Yeah. So let us know if you do try this at home and how being polite works for you, how you think about it. I feel like it's very tied into my alternative theme of neighbor. Elizabeth, you know, I'm so focused on ideas of being a neighbor. I'm like a good neighbor is polite and kind and friendly. Let us know on Instagram, threads, TikTok, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes. You can go to happiercast.com slash 468 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we have a request for a happiness hack. But first, this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Gretchen, we're back with this week's happiness hack, and this time we are asking people for their hacks. Yes, I would like a hack for this is it seems like now there are a lot of devices that have really bright on lights. 
where they just shine out like a beacon. And yes. I mean, I am incredibly nearsighted. I'm like, if I can see that thing, it must be so bright because everything fuzzes out for me. I have to keep a t-shirt draped over a phone. We have to keep stuff propped against uh, a cable box. It just seems like there's probably a more elegant way to deal with these super bright lights. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Oh, I do. Yes. They can keep you awake. It's very annoying. Yeah. These lights. Well, and studies suggest that that kind of light can make your sleep less deep and satisfying. And so it, it actually matters, but it's certainly annoying even whether or not it affects the quality of our sleep. Yes, our thermostat is like that. Yes, sometimes smoke alarms are like that if they're placed in a, so that you can't not see them. So I imagine that people have come up with very imaginative and clever ways to deal with this. So let us know. Yes. And now for a know yourself Better question. Okay, I love this question because, Elizabeth, we talk about gold stars every week. Yes, we do. We love gold stars. So this question is, when you do something right, what type of gold star do you appreciate most? Because like everything, we're all different from each other and different types of rewards and recognition work for different people. And this matters. It's a useful know yourself better question because feelings of recognition and accomplishment help us to continue to strive. It's gratifying to reflect on the progress we've made. It's gratifying when others recognize our efforts. You know, so how do we give those feelings to ourselves and how do we get them from others? It's it's important. Yeah, and like so many of our Know Yourself Better questions, Gretch, this is just as or maybe even more important to know about the people in your life, yeah. like your coworkers, your spouse, your kids, family members. Yeah. It's very easy to focus on the to-do list and what needs to be done, either what we need to do or what we want other people to do. But if we take the time to revel in the ta-da, we keep the energy to persist. But you have to think about, well, what is what does a ta-da look like for you? Okay. So listen... Let's go first, you and me. <laughs> yes. So we are the praise seekers, yes. right? And if you've read the five love languages, which uh, many people have, they talk about words of affirmation, oh, yeah. which is both of our yes. love language as well. So these are the people like us who want to hear yes. praise aloud. Yes, we want we want the praise. And of course, these all kind of blend into each other. But yeah. the another one is the certificate accumulator. These are people who really like some kind of recognition of mastery. So they might like to get a, a certificate or they get published or they get a job title. So they really want that certificate. And then there's trophy hunters, people who want actual gold stars, like a physical yes. trophy, a scout badge, a medal, and finance Gretchen, you said people get financial tombstones or deal toys. Yes. So when you do a big deal, you they, they everybody gets what's called a deal toy or a tombstone, and it's it's a it's a kind of trophy. You put it on your bookshelf, and it's it's it is a trophy. Here's one I think is a chain builder. These are the people who get tremendous satisfaction from seeing the chain get longer and longer as they don't break the chain. And recently in the Wall Street Journal, I saw a story about how Wordle, because people get so invested in their chain, they can get extremely distressed if they break their chain for Wordle. And I think for many people, there's all different kinds of chains. And, and that's why I have the don't break the chain tracker, because for yeah. some people, they get just immense satisfaction off of that daily check. Absolutely. I'm a Wordle person, Gretchen. I relate to that. Yeah. And then the keepsake collector. 
And these are the people who are, if they try five new restaurants, they want to keep a matchbook yeah. from every restaurant yeah. or a playbill from every play they go to. They want a, that little, the keepsake. The keepsake. Uh, there's the likes gatherer. So these are people who are seeking engagement on social media. So they want to get that kind of um, gold star. Party planners, those are the people that want to have a party to celebrate. Yeah, they want a social event to do it. The pat on the backer, these are the people who really like you to, to like physically pat them on the back. Like we use this metaphorically, but for some people, like they really want that handshake and that, that fist bump, you know, some kind mm -hmm. of physical. Um, high five. High five. Yes. Right. That, all that you see, like sports, I guess that's a lot of that. Uh, the rewards taker. Explain this, Scratch, because this can be tricky. Okay, so I talk about this in Better Than Before, and so you've got to distinguish, there's the rewards taker and the treats taker, and so let's distinguish between those. So a reward is something that you get because you've earned it or because you deserve it, and a treat you get just because you want it. And so we should all give ourselves plenty of healthy treats whenever you feel like you, we need a little boost just to help us keep energized. So the treats you don't earn. A reward taker is somebody who gets a reward for having done something. So I did this XYZ thing well, and so to give myself that recognition or to give somebody else that recognition, I'm gonna give them a reward. Rewards, though, are just tricky because they sometimes can interfere with why we're doing something, how well we're doing something. There's a famous study. They gave rewards to children who read a certain number of books, and what they saw is that the children would read very easy books in order to get mm. the reward. So in a way, it interfered with them really reading books that would challenge them and probably that they would enjoy more. So sometimes rewards can... This is probably true of all of these things, though. In, under certain circumstances, they can right. mess with us. So that's another thing to know about yourself. Because, Elizabeth, I feel that way sometimes. Like, my desire mm. for praise <laughs> isn't always very constructive, I would mm. say. Mm-hmm. Yes. And any too much of anything can be bad. Yeah. I will say that in the Happier app, because there are people who do love getting a badge, we're adding badges in the toolkit for monthly oh. badges. There's special badges, like if you do write 24 and 24. There are That's AIMS fun. badges if you reach milestones, which I think is sort of a, they're, they're kind of a combination of certificate collector and trophy hunter. So that's in the Happier app. If that's your style, you might find those very fun to get. So, Gretchen, would love to hear from people what kind of gold stars works for them. How do they go about getting it? Do they give it to themselves or get it from others? Yeah. And do you have better names? We just came up with these names as like shorthand for the types, but maybe people have cleverer mm. characterizations. That would be fun. All right, Gretch, now we have a listener question, and this comes from Amanda. She says, Gretchen, is there a reason you use the term aims instead of goals? Perhaps it's because I'm a questioner, but I get tripped up every single time you use one term instead of the other. For me, I think the term goal is a familiar and expected word by which I know what it's asking of me. It feels attainable and achievable. It has a desired end state to reach. I even like the sound of it better. Whereas aim is more ambiguous and makes me anxious because it feels like something I will never actually achieve. And aim will just keep evolving. It feels less official and less motivating if it's inherently designed to be a direction to which I am headed and not a desired end state. 
And Gretch, I know that you have very strong yes. feelings about this. I am so happy to see Amanda's question <laughs> because she put her finger on exactly why I use those words for exactly that reason. <laughs> because I do feel like an aim is something that you never reach. It's something that you're going to work on and work on and work on. And a goal is something that you could reach. But often when we're talking about the big things in our lives, they are aims. It's not something that we can just do and cross off. So a way to think about it is that we can often support our aims with goals because a goal is something that you can do. So Elizabeth, for instance, your aim is to exercise regularly indefinitely, right? Yes. I mean, yes. you're not. that's not something you can finish. Right. You can't be done with that. Right. But you set yourself the goal of Fryman 100 or Orange Theory 50. Right. That is a goal that you can reach. But here's the problem with a goal, and this is why I use AIM, is if you focus on the goal, in my observation, if you're not focused on the larger AIM, you're focused on the goal, a lot of times you will achieve that goal and then you will stop altogether. Because mm, often yes. when people reach a goal, they're like, this is the finish line. And now that I am finished... I have to start over. And what I've also observed, and this is all in Better Than Before under the strategy of first steps, is that it's hard to take the first step and it's even harder to start over. So sometimes just kind of the novelty of starting for the first time makes it kind of fun and easier. But if you have to start over, often people find it very hard to start over. It's like Maybe it's kind of don't break the chain, like now I'm going back to zero. And so reaching a finish line can get in people's way. So I think it's better to think of a milestone. Mm, in yes. the aim of exercising regularly, indefinitely, you have reached the goal of the Fryman 100, but that is just one of many milestones that you will right. pass. That's one goal of many, many goals that you will have in a lifetime of yes. movement. Yes. Well, and I know this can be a problem with challenges, like a 30-day yoga yes. challenge. Then you do yoga for 30 days, and then you never do yoga again. Yes. Or dry January, you don't drink all of January, and then you just totally drink all yeah. willy-nilly. Yes. I mean, because sometimes I think people assume like, oh, it will automatically change my habits. I mean, you can use these things to give you a helpful start. There's ways to do it, but like we're doing right 24 and 24, right? So the goal is to participate in right 24 and 24. And so you do it two to four minutes or 24 minutes a day, and that's what you're doing. But the aim that it's building toward is to write consistently and definitely. And, and I think once the year's over, we'll, and we should actually, we should have worked on this with all the other challenges, which is how do you keep this going? If you love right. to read 21 and 21, how are you making sure that you keep up with it now that the year is gone? Like National Novel Writing Month. It's like, okay, you wrote a novel in a month, but really you probably want to keep writing in an ongoing way. And so... And, and I mean, I think Amanda sees that as kind of discouraging, and it, mm -hmm. it is bigger because it's not something that can just get done. And this is why I think the 24 and 24 lists often are good. Like, Elizabeth, you and I often have something like find the perfect cross-body bag. That mm -hmm. is a goal that can be achieved, and then you're done. You don't have that's – right. like, that's not an aim. That's just something that you want right. to do. But then there's other things. Even something that's hard, like write a will, it can be done. And right. then that goal will be but, achieved. Yes. But, but flossing every night is an aim because you're never going to be done. Right. Exactly. So anyway, I was thrilled to see that Amanda had picked up on this <laughs> distinction because I often yes. was like, is anybody even noticing this? But right. at least one person did. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Well, coming up, I have a habit demerit. But first, this break. 
When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Gretchen, I love eating sandwiches like a grilled cheese or a peanut butter sandwich is my ideal lunch, but I'm very aware of my carb intake, so oftentimes I avoid sandwiches Luckily, Hero Bread has remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no-net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories. Plus, it has protein and fiber. I have been using it to make grilled cheeses, and I use their tortillas to make a cheese quesadilla, and I am in heaven. Hero Bread tastes great, has a terrific texture, and helps you meet your nutrition goals. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use happier at checkout. That's happier at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, it's time for demerits and gold stars because we always talk about a gold star. We always also talk about a demerit. And Alyssa, this is your week to talk about a demerit. Yes. So Gretchen, speaking of aims and goals and all of that, I set a New Year's resolution to do with the whole family posture exercises five nights a week. Okay. And I've just gotten off to a terrible start to the year on our posture exercises. Started doing them, immediately fell off. Mm. Now, granted, I've been sick. You've been very so sick. You've been that like really cascading threw me sick. off. Yes. Yes. But I could have gotten Jack and Adam to do them. I could have said, why don't you guys do your posture exercises now? Because they are on board with this. Yeah. We all want to have better posture. Unlike my family, where they ne <laughs> they never really accepted it. We all really need it. So I'm just, this is one of those things where I'm hoping that stating it yeah. as a demerit will help me get back on track. Okay, good. Yeah. How about you, Gretch? What is your gold star? I want to give a gold star. I was walking down the street on a Wednesday morning. That is trash day uh, in, in New York City. And I was thinking, 
Gosh, I appreciate trash collection. I so appreciate trash collectors. I'm very fascinated by watching them work. They move so smoothly and so quickly. And like New York City just seems so overwhelming. I'm like, how does this even happen? I like watching the stuff get squished in. I don't know. I it just like if you live in a big city, Elizabeth, you and I both live in like big, big cities. Yeah. It's like they are this essential. They truly, truly are essential to everyone's health and well-being. And I think it's one of those things that's easy to take for granted. And yet they play this crucial role and do their work so well. Yes. You know, sometimes it's the people who are the most reliable who get taken for granted. And I just reminded myself, boy, I don't want to take my trash collectors for granted. Life would be very different if that was not running smoothly. Yes. Gold star. And the resource for this week, take my new quiz, the Habits for Happiness quiz. You can take it at GretchenRubin.com slash quiz. And this quiz is designed because people often say to me, you know, I want to make my life happier, but tell me where to start. What's the best new habit that's going to help me become happier? And that answer is different for everyone. So I created this quiz so that people will get a personalized answer. So this isn't just a general answer. This is customized to you. Visit GretchenRubin.com slash quiz. Let me know what you get. I am fascinated by seeing the results come in. Like tens of thousands of people have taken the quiz now. Trends are starting to emerge. But I love hearing from people about what answer they got and their reflections and how they're planning to put those into the world. So let me know. And Elizabeth, what are we reading? What are you reading? I am reading Everything, Nothing, Someone, a memoir by Alice Carrier. How about you? I'm reading Gold Diggers by Sanjana Sathian. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Be polite. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram and TikTok and threads at Gretchen Rubin. And I'm on Instagram and threads at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend, rate us, review us, follow the podcast. And most of all, do recommend us to a friend. That is how most people discover the show. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. So, Elizabeth, the memoir you're reading is written by, the, by someone who was the daughter of Jennifer Bartlett, the artist, yes, right? Yes, yes. Okay. So I feel a connection to, to the work of Jennifer Bartlett because, um, you know, my my visual theme for 2024 is koi fish because koi represents the idea of revisited to me. And Jennifer Bartlett painted a, 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 a very big painting um, that included a beautiful painting of koi fish called Air, 24 hours, 5 p.m. Mm. And, and so, um, yeah, so there's, well, there's a... It. There is a distant but real tie between koi fish and the memoir you're reading. All right, I'm going to look it up. From the Onward Project.